0: Welcome back to In The Queue: Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I am Phil, your co-host, and I think Melissa McCarthy is hella attractive.
1: Oh yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree with that completely. And I am your other co-host, Andrew, and I think that houses in Brooklyn look like they are miserable little prisons to live in. <laughs>
0: Yes, we are talking about St. Vincent, the new film starring Bill Murray, which ostensibly takes place in Brooklyn, New York, I yeah. believe. Um, before we get into the film, I just want to let you guys know where we can be found uh, online. Um, yeah. You can find our show at www.in-the-q, that's the letter q.com, and that's our blog, and on our blog, you can listen to all, of the, sh- all the shows that we do, and we post them quite quickly after we record them. Uh, We we do. average a couple shows a week. You can also post uh, your requests for films you would like us to review. You can post uh, comments and engage in the discussion that goes on on our blog. All true. All true. You can also go to our Facebook page, and you can just look up In the Q, Q Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And on our Facebook page, we also have a discussion going on. Um, You can also leave requests. And we also like to post videos and other sorts of ephemera to comment or draw you into the films that we're reviewing. That's true. And then lastly, you can go to iTunes and you can subscribe to our podcast. It'll be delivered to you for free as each episode comes out. You can listen to it wherever you are on the subway if you happen to be in New York City like Andrew or on the bus if you happen to be in North Carolina like I am.
1: Yeah. Or you or on the bus here too. We have buses too.
0: You have buses? Yeah,
1: buses. Wow. Believe wow. it. Believe it.
0: Buses and the subway. What a town. What a town. New York, New York. It's a hell of a town. It's a town. I
1: think it's the 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 Broadway's up and the Bowery's down. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Something like that? I think that was it.
0: Anywho, so we're gonna talk about St. Vincent, which is a star vehicle for Bill Murray from a it is. from a director who is fairly new to the game. This is his first uh feature film. Yeah, in fact. And I actually did a little bit of of reading up on this movie and uh he he actually kind of had to, you know, convince Bill Murray to to sign on and, and do this role, I mean, usually Bill Murray works with you know major, well known uh, directors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh,
1: but but Bill Murray, since I think two thousand five or something, has been working without an agent.
0: Oh, he,
1: he just he he. It's it's been to the disappointment of many people in the industry because they've wanted to get him in their films and they can't reach him. Like they just can't get him on the phone. Well, that makes sense. Because he'll just vanish into the ether. Yeah. Well, that makes sense why, in related news on IMDb
0: under uh, St. Vincent's page, it says Bill Murray should hire an agent already. (laughs) I remember seeing him on Charlie Rose many years ago when Rushmore came out, a film which I think has some things in common with St. Vincent. And Bill Murray was talking about how he. He realizes that he basically said that a lot of agents are jerks, and he he says in in that interview back from like 1998 that you know you meet nice people in Hollywood, nice uh, actors and other people, and then like you meet their agents, and their agents are jerks, and you wonder (laughs) you wonder why they're working together. Uh, Right, right. I'm thinking Bill Murray. He's such an autonomous guy. He's such a big star. He's one of the biggest stars on the planet. Certainly in Hollywood, um, yeah, he, he has that kind of autonomy and that kind of clout and discerning eye that you know he. I mean, he keeps making films, so i I guess he's doing something right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Saint Vincent. It's about a man named Vince who lives alone. In one of those terrible box houses in Brooklyn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a, he's like a, he gambles, he drinks, he apparently doesn't need to work. He manages to subsist on whatever cash he has, although he's definitely in want of cash.
1: He is of retirement age, I would say.
0: Yeah, he's of retirement age, uh, kind of like the real Bill Murray, who's um, just about sixty-five now. Mm-hmm. This is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see Bill Murray play such an old man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's no, there's no sort of dressing up this character. He's a, he's an old guy, right, um, right? As we see later on in the film, he, you know, he's he's a war veteran. He's been around. Bill Murray, I think, I believe he was born in 1950, so he could have, he could have gone to Vietnam, definitely. Um, right. But, um, but, but this guy Vince, Vince McKenna. He He's a, a war veteran and what happens is a woman, Melissa McCarthy, and her uh, young son move in next door, like right next door to him yep. um, and uh, <laughs> interestingly, this is kind of, I think this is kind of a pretty good idea, pretty good um, sort of way to move the events of the story along. Vince accidentally knocks over his fence when he pulls into his driveway, I and, uh, knocks over his own fence. His yeah. own fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. His own fence. And then uh, shortly thereafter, Melissa McCarthy's moving van, uh, moving truck, pulls up in front of her her new home and knocks over a branch. And uh, Vince insists that Melissa McCarthy's character. What what is her character's name? Maggie. Maggie. Uh, Maggie. He, mm-hmm. You know, he insists that Maggie replace or not replace you can't replace a branch pay for the branch <laughs> and pay for the fence which right which he knocked down himself
1: um, yes. and so that's how they get involved and then uh, she makes the point at one point in the film how do you pay for a branch <laughs> yeah
0: that's the thing about her role in this movie is she's she's pretty much the straight woman you know
1: yeah like, which is
0: which is Interesting to see Melissa McCarthy in that role, and she plays it quite well. She occasionally has she like a funny line, but most mostly she's there to sort of to be the chagrin of of Vince, who is the the more overtly comedic role. She's his foil. Yeah, that's it. That's a good term. She is is his foil, and then what happens is uh, her son ends up spending time with Vince because she's not around to take care of him, and. What blossoms out of that is what they call in Hollywood an unlikely friendship story.
1: <laughs> oh, you're making this film seem like it's almost predictable and formulaic, perhaps unsurprising. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: there's a couple other characters that we can mention maybe later, like Naomi Watts and Chris O'Dowd, who do sure, who do. A an, an effort do an effort um, Naomi Watts they're,
1: they're in the movie there's no doubt about that <laughs>
0: Naomi Watts is, does this really unconvincing role as a, a Russian stripper named Daka I,
1: actually I, I thought she was pretty convincing she was one of the uh, I mean the it's a kind of a ham fisted role sort of in the context of the screenplay but that's not really her fault that's sort of the way I felt about it. You think she was just written to be that broad and? Um, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I feel like that. I mean, without going too far into it, you know, I, I guess we're going to get into it in a minute. But uh, I feel like her character is is sort of the the comic relief on the comic relief. Like she's she in, in a way she's kind of also a foil to Bill Murray's character, but she's there to sort of be. Uh, kind of exasperated and, and be a, a, a contrast to the like wholesome lives that uh, that uh, Melissa McCarthy and her son are are leading. Maggie and her son are leading. Um, uh huh. I, I she she's a she's a construct of the screenplay more than she is a, like a real character. It sounds like you're giving a lot of credence to the
0: screenplay for being intelligent and uh, multi layered. Oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> I I I I was Dhaka, I mean, all right, well she's she's okay. I don't really I I was not really impressed with with Naomi Watts's accent and her character, but she was doing the best she could with this sort of, you know, archetypal fake stereotypical Russian woman that was written right. for her. Uh, Chris O'Dowd is in the film also as one of the teachers at this Catholic school that Oliver, the boy, goes to. Um, And he was, you know, he was fine. Um,
1: I thought, actually, I thought he was also (laughs) doing a great, I'll just say that I think that the sort of bit parts in this film were well performed for what they were or for what they could be. Yeah, I mean, I love
0: Naomi Watts, and from what I've seen, of Chris Dowd, I like him a lot too. Um, there's lots of good people in this movie. Um, I personally was not moved like so many people in the theater seemed to be when I saw this movie, uh, because I did sort of see this movie as I, I think I think it was telegraphing what it was and what it was going to be early on in the mm-hmm, film mm-hmm. Um, we knew exactly what kind of unlikely friendship would develop between Oliver and Vincent um, pretty pretty quickly as the movie and while we may not have been able to predict the exact ramifications of you know the climax um, you know fr- in the beginning but there were still like, Kind of a maudlin quality to everything. Um, and, uh, I personally, I thought it was okay. I thought the movie was okay. Uh, but I, I just, uh, I, I didn't really have a lot of high expectations going into it. I, Andrew, I think your expectations were higher than mine.
1: Yeah. Which movie. may, which may explain why I was as disappointed as I was in it. Um, I I was with a very interesting crowd when I watched this movie. I had this one guy behind me who thought it was maybe the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Uh And he was everything that happened. He was laughing, but I could not figure out why for, for, you know, for my whole life, I could not figure out why, what it was that he was laughing so much about. Um, certainly there's some funny material in this film. Certainly the actors in it are, uh, capable, Uh uh, comedic actors, uh, all of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I just was sitting there watching it and, and I could not, I couldn't get behind it completely. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought that it was saccharine. I thought it was a little too cute by half. I thought that it, it thought it was a lot more clever than it actually was. Um, as you say, I thought it was sort of predictable and kind of, um, you know, unsurprising in almost every way. And I, I don't need a, a film to surprise me. I mean, you know, you've heard me quote many times the uh, Roger Ebert quote a movie's not about what it's about, it's about how it's about it. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, I think that that's where this movie doesn't do very well. And I think that, that I think it may be the, the hallmark of the director, right? A, a sort of rookie director, uh, you know, handling a really, really talented cast. I think that uh, I think that he defaults to the easy answers and the easy outs. There, there's, I guess, as, as one of these examples, there's uh, Oliver gets is getting bullied at school. He's getting bullied by this this kid, so right? A and, Puerto Rican Polish kid or something. Yeah, Puerto, Puerto <laughs> the only Puerto Rican Polish kid in Brooklyn, according to uh, Bill Murray's character and uh and so he's getting he's getting bullied by this kid pretty heavily, and Bill Murray, of course, teaches him how to defend himself, and then that defending himself spoiler alert for anybody who's worried about this being spoiled, but the movie telegraphs it so far in advance, yeah that you can't see how it could be a spoiler, but he defends himself in the way that Bill Murray taught him and you know, basically, like smashes his kid's nose, and then they become best buddies, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But the way in which they, you know, like it's one scene he he smashes him in the nose, and the next scene they're in detention together. Uh-huh. The next time you see them together, they're in detention. They're cleaning the bathrooms, and they're all of a sudden best buddies. Okay, wait, did I didn't that happen to you though? Didn't you get like a big fight with somebody? You told me about this. I once. did. Well, this is this is why. This this rang false for me. Uh-huh. Is that like it it wasn't there wasn't that moment of kind of mutual understanding like like the this scene in the bathroom they're already cool with each other right their attitudes towards each other have already softened mm-hmm. um, but like when I I had a good friend uh, who who he wasn't a good friend at the time we were just acquaintances. And we were working together and uh, I thought that he was being particularly lazy and not doing his job. And I confronted him mm-hmm. about it and we got into a huge shouting match, just a gigantic shouting match. We screamed at each other for 20 minutes. Wow. And then when it was done, we were like, all right, we're good friends now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we had to have this sort of like moment of kind of understanding each other. Right. And, and uh, no noses and sort were broken, of, though, in this case. No noses were broken in this case, which I don't mind the conceit of the of the nose being broken, but I do mind the the cuteness of it and the and the convenience of it and how quickly they become became really good friends. Like you know, it, it wasn't there wasn't like a, a moment of distrust or like you know yeah uh, there 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 wasn't a transition. It was just it was abrupt. And that's sort of how everything happens in this film. All of the things happen. And, you know, I, I hate to harp on this because I say this a lot, but it seems like the screenplay generates events within the film for the purposes that the screenplay has in mind instead of them feeling like organic yeah. events that flow out of the behavior of the characters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, my only sort of interpretation of, of why that is might be just because. The, the screenwriter Theodore Melfi doesn't really love his characters. Um he doesn't see, yeah. he doesn't see them as real people. Um they're just kind of like these archetypes, you know, and I mean the character of Vince I thought was was fairly well developed. Um I think Bill Murray, you know, this this movie sort of tweaks Bill Murray's persona, you know, because in this movie he is he has a lot of qualities that are kind of abrasive. And, and you know, we're used to yeah. seeing him back, you know, when he first started as being, you know, a, a really funny kind of good natured guy on SNL. And then in, you know, he go on through Stripes and through Ghostbusters where he's a hilarious, wisecracking guy who has kind of a, you know, cynical attitude and then yep. the thing about Bill Murray is like he keeps reinventing himself, you know. I mean, for every generation, he's kind of like Aerosmith, except <laughs> <laughs> except he's much more talented because ooh. because you know. Well, that's not an ooh. Okay, Aerosmith Throwing 70s for- Aerosmith 70s stuff was great. Some of it was awesome. Back in the saddle again, love it. But then the, you know they come out with these like these reissues, you know, they got permanent vacation in eighty five, they got pump in nineteen ninety, you know, they got all these <laughs> they got all of these reinventions of themselves all the way up to like the late nineties with jaded. Um right. They just keep right. coming back. They're unstoppable. And every and Bill Murray reinvents himself every couple of years. You know, yeah. because let's go back to Groundhog Day, nineteen ninety three. Um, and that was a huge role for him. And he's always playing these, these smart alecky guys who eventually win you over. So I guess in that regard, St. Vincent isn't really that different, but, um, in the course of the film, he is like a real, like crabby character. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely, he, he's mean and he's dishonest. Um, and it's as I said, it's interesting to see Bill Murray play a a character like this. It kind of reminds me of when Jack Nicholson did about Schmidt. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Not necessarily because the the personalities were that similar, but in both cases, you're seeing a very famous movie star who was instantly recognizable. Uh, pl- and for playing a particular kind of role, exactly, and, largely, yeah. And then, and in these films about Schmidt and uh, St. Vincent, they're playing perhaps their most sort of average type, regular guy. You know what I mean? Right, right, um, right, right. And that's kind of who Vince is. He's he's a regular guy. He's he's kind of a jerk. They call him a misanthrope in the the blurb on the IMDb page. But right. he strikes up this friendship, this, I keep saying it, unlikely friendship with Oliver. <laughs> it's really not that unlikely anymore, though. I mean, we kind of expect those friendships to develop in movies like this. Yeah. Um, but this movie had some similarities with some of Wes Anderson's work, too, I noticed. Did you get that? Like, mm. like some similarities with, uh, with Rushmore in particular? Like in some of the some of the music choices for some of the montage sequences and some of the detached sort of perspective on
1: childhood. Perhaps, perhaps, I didn't. I I felt like it was less detached than Wes Anderson is. I felt like this was more emotionally involved. In fact, that's why I think it's so saccharine. Uh-huh. It's because uh, I think that the uh, the filmmakers are imbuing the film with a sense of weight and gravity that it actually doesn't have. Mm. Um, they, they actually think that it's a lot more important than it is. And it should be said again, spoiler alert, but the second half of the film or last third of the film, maybe has to do with, uh, you know, Vince in the film has a stroke essentially, and then spends a good portion of the film trying to recover from that. And his, Speech is slurred and he's you know uh, having to learn to physically recover
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and uh and it really starts to play that up and it gets really sort of very serious and very sad and very weepy um which which i have to admit some of it affected me um and, and i thought that bill murray did a fantastic job with his performance uh uh-huh. um in in this this sort of altered state you know uh-huh and, uh, but, but it also, it, it just, you know, it, 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 was taking itself so seriously that I had a hard time taking it seriously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's an interesting perspective on it. I think that he will undoubtedly be nominated for a golden globe for best comedic actor.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, that's probably true. But
0: I think that he may have thought that he was going to get nominated for an Oscar because I know he's one of that. Since at mm-hmm. least Lost in Translation, he wanted to win. He he was nominated for Best Actor for Lost in Translation, which I he looked so disappointed when he lost. Right? I know, and Billy Crystal was trying to console him from the stage. I yeah. thought I thought he was he was wonderful in that movie. He was extraordinary, uh, and it's I really like the movie too. Actually, I would say that I love that movie. Um, yeah, but I I think that. Um, Bill Murray perhaps was wanting to be taken seriously, Andrew. I mean, a little bit more seriously
1: anyway, which is one reason why he took this role. But I, it's the same reason that he he might he was he did Hyde Park on Hudson last year. Yeah, I guess I would he, say he's in a phase in
0: his career where he wants to, you know, be recognized. Maybe, um, but I would have actually enjoyed seeing this movie go in a darker direction, like where maybe his stroke really did irrevocably affect him you know yeah because i kind of like it because it was so saccharine it would have been nice if it took a turn that was unexpected because it's all it all just is by the numbers and yeah i i kind of would have thought it was interesting and while you know this is not the most apt comparison but you know, like in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, it starts off so funny and lightweight and lighthearted. Yeah. And yeah. then it gets deadly serious towards the end. Um, and then you it makes you really hurt and feel for the main character. Um, but in this case, obviously we're just we're operating with different stories, different gravitas to the stories. Of course, of course. And um, I just thought that it was interesting to observe the theater like applauding at certain moments
1: and sighing oh, wow. and gasping. I, have, I did have a little bit of the, of the sighing and, and gasping and uh, and more than that, I had the guy behind me who just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Are you sure that that
0: wasn't Robert De Niro from Cape Fear smoking a big cigarette? <laughs> I mean, a big, a big Stokie, rather. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, could have been, could have yeah, been, might have been. Did you turn around? Did you get a good look at him? No, because that
1: because if it had been, I would have died right there on the spot. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool, Max, Katie himself. Yeah, come out, come out wherever <laughs> you are. Uh, is that what he said during the film? In was he Cape Fear? No, was he? Was are you he, talking about the guy behind me? The guy behind you? Was he talking to the screen? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep and out of my periphery i could just see that he was covered in tattoos that's all i knew yeah, that's right well then that was him
0: <laughs> oh no
1: ah you almost died yeah
0: so <laughs> andrew and i are sort of in agreement pretty much in agreement on this film yeah
1: i think so it's uh... i think i think people will find stuff to like here i think that it's funny and it's entertaining in its way but it's just it, it it's almost like you know like you said it's just so Predictable. Been there, done that. Yeah. Nothing yeah. new. Nothing new. Also, Nothing
0: new. Bill Murray has, affects this accent, which I don't is – is it supposed to be a New it's York accent? It's,
1: it's supposed to be a New York accent, yeah. Really? Oh. I think it's reasonable. Reasonable?
0: Brooklyn Brooklyn accent? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, he would know because he's lived there for a while. That's true. That is very true. So that's our show about St. Vincent. Nothing to do with the, the band, by the way. Yeah, uh, nothing
1: to do. Yeah, but no.
0: um, yeah. So, not not quite a recommendation from me and Andrew on this one.
1: No, not not a bad film, not one that I ha- out and out hate, but one that I just was left feeling indifferent about. I just sort of didn't care very much. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that. Um, stay tuned
0: for our next podcast. We're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a listener request, and this is a real different kind of movie. We're going to talk <laughs> about Todd Solondz' Happiness. Yeah, uh, I, Andrew, I have not seen this film since we saw it in college back in 1998. In on the big screen, yeah.
1: Well, I, or yeah, or I, otherwise. Haven't, I haven't seen it since then either. Well, this is going to be exciting then. I and I loved it so much, and I've loved so many of Todd Solondz's films. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to return to this and and see how it holds up. Right right. and it features one of our beloved actors, the late
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman, in one of his best roles.
1: It, it features many beloved actors actors, actually. yeah, and we'll talk about all Jane of them. Adams oh, Jared yeah. Jared
0: Harris, Jared Harris. Don't forget Dylan Baker as the main yeah. the main uh, pedophiliac character father father psychiatrist yeah so
1: don't forget john lovitz in the opening you know i fear that we may already be a little bit biased in favor of this movie (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll have to find out when we get uh when we get in conversation with aaron about it but stay tuned for that folks we'll see you then